0: Welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to in a wonderful Halloween spooktacular. Yes, blessed ween. Blessed ween to you. And a blessed ween to us all. Mm, yeah,
1: bless ween us, everyone.
0: Weens for everyone on the house. Weens enough at last. <laughs> put your stocking out and I'll put a ween in there. ha <laughs> ha. I am your host, John. That is Jeff. We're here. We're doing a movie. It was technically on the list. It was and a, a horror I don't movie, know,
1: theoretically. I,
0: d- I don't know who suggested that we watched 1995's Blood and Donuts, but Jesus, man, why?
1: Because <laughs> it's bad, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much what happens when the item has already been pretty well dissected by the uh, YouTube community, and they're like, well, what's the next movie that's got sort of like horror vibes but a tarantino-esque aesthetic except done by rank amateurs
0: it's wild to me that this movie managed to get any notoriety at all from like oh it was up for several awards it was in it, canada in
1: canada right because it was a canadian made movie in canada yeah so it's up for canadian awards which i think all canadian films are automatically up for all of those awards it's you know they they get like good attendance re- re- rewards and stuff.
0: <laughs> well, you got to yeah. have, I mean, just like Canadian radio is like, oh, you have to play at least a certain number of Canadian bands. Yes. So if you're gonna be giving out awards, they're like, you got to give awards to the Canadian films. You're like, well, how many were made? Well, yeah. not that many. <laughs> <laughs> also, the first film to be produced by the Canadian Film Centre. Really so good yeah. for them.
1: Wow, that's I'm I'm sure that they have long since pretended that it was whatever the second film was. <laughs>
0: It is also the director's first narrative film. They yep. had done documentaries before, but this is the first actual, like, narrative film. No kidding. This film has a narrative? Wild. <laughs> I would not have guessed.
1: And the, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. This does feel much more like someone who's like, oh, I'm used to documentary stuff, where you just sort of put things on screen and go, and this is the way things are, yeah. instead of having a plot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the, the biggest movie star of the film is David Cronenberg. Who's in it, but does not have anything to do with the direction of it.
0: Nope. It is, I mean, non-spoiler review time. It is a vampire movie, technically, but mostly it is just, hey, you ever thought about vampires before? Yeah. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, the message I
1: sent, because as always, I have my my message I send to John, because I always watch them first. And in this case, my, my message was, this movie feels like it was written by so- or, or written and directed by someone who just heard about vampires and thinks everyone needs to hear about this immediately. Like, it's a brand new thing. Like, he's so excited to introduce the basic-ass concept of vampires to you.
0: I mean, I feel it is the next step from that, which is someone who is like, oh, I've heard about vampires, but have you ever really thought about vampires? Yeah. It's, yeah. They're probably not as
1: glamorous as you might think. In fact, I bet you'd probably find their experience
0: is pretty bad. What if... What if being a vampire meant it was a sad thing? Mm. You're like, dude, it's 95. You can't be doing this. (laughs) What if they were tortured souls? Yeah, duh. Yeah, Yeah, we get it. Yeah, whatever.
1: Anne Rice knew about this already. (laughs) We were all up to speed. Fucking Dracula knew about this.
0: Yeah. And the fact that it's like, what what if you tried to get along, you know, just like one of us? I'm like, don't. Don't. Be like, what if a vampire was one of us, just a stranger (laughs) on a bus? Don't fucking do this to me.
1: Yeah, and don't give him that dumb haircut either. None of this was good.
0: Now, I had originally picked this because along with the Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn Gorilla, I was like, oh, the theme for this month's stuff is going to be things from the list that were horror comedy. Yeah, and we didn't get one, did we? (sighs) Not a goddamn one of them. The first one tried to be a horror comedy in that it attempted at comedy and failed and sort of blundered around the theming of horror. And this one did not attempt to do anything no. at all. No, I genuinely like there's a plot, but
1: I don't think it cares about it, especially it it just thinks that the concept of a vampire is such a neat idea. Yeah. That just having him wander around while the basic tropes happen around him is good enough. And whatever doesn't fill that space, we can fill in with attempting to ape the style of Quentin Tarantino.
0: The fact that it's just like, what if there was a vampire, but he was at a coffee shop, and you're like, don't. I don't need a vampire coffee shop AU. It's fine. What if the
1: characters sat around talking for a long time? Mm. Ah, our glowing and scintillating rapid for- back and forth dialogue was missing, <laughs> and so we put in some other
0: stuff. God, it is... It's just slow, meandering, and pointless. Yeah, and Canadian. (laughs) Yeah, I already mentioned that. It was slow, meandering, and pointless. (laughs) Just like Canada. What up, Canada? Come for me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I
1: don't (laughs) mean that. We actually want to be good friends with Canada in case we need to get out of here real quick.
0: You all know that we love Canada. It's it's England we hate.
1: Yes, it's England we hate. We love the fine folks of Canada. Please let us come up there and live there as podcasters if we really have to. Like if we gotta lay low for a while, Canada, you gotta help us out.
0: We we've done some stuff. Yeah,
1: Canada, don't ask too many questions. Okay, just let us let us live in your uh, your sunny shores,
0: or yeah, what passes for sunny shores. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fine. I'll take Victoria Island or whatever. I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, I got at least one friend there. I got at least
0: two friends there. Nice. Yeah. Mm Hmm. All right. So yeah, the spoiler-free review is kind of boring and bad it's really hard to find it and see it so good news don't yeah good news you don't need to worry about trying to see this because no one wants you to yeah (laughs) so we are going to play a little music then we will come back and give you i guess what story there is Mm for 1995's blood and donuts
1: heavenly shades of night are falling it's twilight time
0: out of the list your voice is calling, tis twilight time. We're back, and it's time to get into Blood and Donuts. And you know, it opens with uh, some text
1: on screen that actually sets up a pretty interesting premise that the movie will come along about an hour later and just ruin for you. Just ruin that premise. Just destroy the whole point of it. Uh-huh. Just kick it. Just, uh-huh. just put it in a bag and kick it till it's parts. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is in nineteen. it's the text is in 1969 man first walked on the moon and boyas put himself in a bag yeah and i thought that was you know i was like all right that's the vampire he's decided to like, basically retire from the world the way vampires do sometimes so they can skip through time you know you know that thing um and then later in the film it's going to come along and be like why did he do that i, I don't know we're going to mention he did it and then mention what he said when he was doing it and then never expound on that or figure it out
0: oh no we do Do we? Yeah.
1: There's a part where some lady he's talking to uh, is basically like, oh, you were so distraught when they walked on the moon. You said they ruined it. You said said it's ruined now. You looked so sad.
0: Oh, man. Like, the whole reason he gives is to the person that he was going to bite, and he's like, oh, you were having fun and I didn't want to ruin things for you, and I couldn't stop myself, so I put myself in a bag.
1: Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I would have figured he could just, like, you know, leave. No. Just like, just like leave that place. And oh, just it's
0: very hard to get out of Toronto. Not be there.
1: But I still, that's still not good enough. Because I'm still like, why is why is this fucking vampire so mad that people are on the moon? He isn't. It, he does not th- give a shit. That's the explanation I want. Because she's like, you said they ruined it. You said they ruined everything by going to the moon. Why did you say that? And he's like, oh, I didn't want to ruin your fun. So I'm not wrong. And I'm going to defend it vigorously. Because I'm very sick of my reputation. <laughs> we never get an explanation for why he's so du- so insistence on the purity of the surface of the moon
0: (laughs) what was bothering him we will never know Uh. so London donuts as we said we get a quick you know some shots from the moon landing and then that text yeah and then (laughs) a real choice
1: five and a half minutes yeah oh yeah
0: some real choice on a guy golfing from a roof and then The The golf ball goes away, and then a CGI version of it swings back towards the screen to give you the opening credits. Which is a
1: weird look, because you could have just filmed this guy from the other side if you wanted the golf balls to come flying at the screen. Yeah. But instead, it looks like he's hitting boomerang golf balls that fly off screen and then whip right at
0: you. It's a wild, silly choice.
1: Yes. Especially given how much golf has to do with this film. It doesn't. It hits... hits, uh, It hits part of the room that this dude put himself in a bag in, which sets off a chain of events that wakes him up and then never has anything to do with it ever again.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see that Boya, who is our main vampire, keeps the golf ball throughout the movie like he just has this golf ball that was the reason that he woke up and you would think, oh, this has to have some sort of significance for him. Maybe anything will go into this. Maybe anything will be explained ever. It doesn't matter. No,
1: it's the theme of the movie. This movie basically apes Tarantino's style in that you're supposed to have lots of little bits of character business where they bring random stuff up because that's very interesting. And But the difference is Tarantino, as much as I personally find him insufferable, is very good at making that shit matter <laughs> or at least making it memorable. So you care about the $5 milkshake, even though it's actually not all that relevant to the plot or you don't mind that that card game they're playing in in the uh, Inglorious Bastards where they stick shit to their head goes on for, like, way the fuck too long because the dialogue's good. But in this movie, they just are like, oh, everyone should always have bits of business they're constantly bringing up, and then they just die on the vine.
0: Yeah, there's the golf ball thing. There's one of the characters who is constantly reading, like, psychology and shamanism books, and it never matters. It doesn't do anything. There's the
1: guy who keeps talking about the customer surveys for what donuts people like the most.
0: Yeah. None of it matters. None of this it's just business. None of it gets paid off, and even then none of it ends up being like, oh, it doesn't matter to the plot, but at least we have a cool conversation because the dialogue in this is absolutely trash. Nothing said matters or you even want to listen to? Given one of the main characters spending the entire movie doing the worst Christopher Walken impression you have ever heard it's, for it's, the whole movie, it's amazing.
1: What's wild to me is that this one guy, there's like he's a taxi cab driver named Earl, and he's more or less the deuteragonist of the film. Yeah, um, and he is doing, as John mentioned, just a straight up bad Christopher Walken. So the whole movie is just like, you guys, I I don't want to go in that room. I heard there's a, a a vampire in in there, and you're like, stop it, fucking stop it. You're from Canada, stop it.
0: And the worst part is, that entire thing that you just did is a better Walken impersonation than he does. Yeah, I'm not good at doing Christopher Walken,
1: and when I'm trying to do it wrong, I accidentally do it correctly. Such is my curse. But uh, but yeah, he fucking sucks at it. But the reason I was gonna say it's lampshaded because there's a scene where one of the other bad guy, one of the bad guys in the movie is affecting a fakey New York accent and gets called out for it. Yeah. Someone's like, fucking knock it off with a New York accent. You're from Vancouver.
0: Yeah. No, one of the main bad guys is like, oh, you want us to put him on ice? And he's like, dude, you were born in Toronto and you have never left this city. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So knock it off with, what? why are you talking like you were on TV? Which is like, what a great and insightful thing to have that be in the movie, and it, it comes your, from Cronenberg. <laughs> the only good line in there is from Cronenberg. Yeah, but don't worry, he doesn't only have good lines; he has bad lines oh, too. Oh,
0: Yes, he does. <laughs>
1: but this guy's fucking walking impression is so bad it's almost un- indecipherable. Yes, uh, there's a couple characters who, for ver- various reasons of vocal tics, are not el- uh, they're, they're intel- unintelligible. And uh, unfortunately, you can only really watch this thing on a bad YouTube rip, so you can't get good subtitles. So, you know, best of luck.
0: Yeah, the it's real bad in the start, because when Boya wakes up, I I do at least appreciate the take on the vampire wakes up from his slumber, and instead of it being the standard horror trope of like, oh, you know, he comes out of his coffin or whatever grave he was in, and like mystically rises up and is like ah i'm a vampire instead he falls out of basically a zipped up sleeping bag and is absolutely fucked like he is completely stiff and all of his bones are out of whack so he's walking all fucked up and he's trying to like reset his shoulder and stuff like that yeah and the (laughs) but the problem is he has just woken up after 25 years and is all fucked up and so can't really talk and when he does he can do like whispered horse clipped words yes and the only person he interacts with to start with is earl the bad walking impersonator yeah so the entire beginning 15 minutes of this movie is just like i hate everyone on screen right now yeah and i will say again for another nice little bit of choice in here the one thing where uh Boya gets into Earl's cab, wants him to take him to a cemetery, and when he gets there, Boya has a moment where he kind of like looks a little vampiry, like his eyes go red and he gets yeah. kind of fucked up, and then Earl mistakes it for like, "Oh, you've been crying," and the fact that he's like, "And I get it, I don't trust anybody who doesn't cry. It's fine for men to cry. That's just emotion." I've been crying recently because my dog died. And I was like, thank you. That's a nice actual little bit of business of like, hey, it's fine to be emotional and have tears as a man. Don't feel bad, buddy. Yeah. You should be okay.
1: I mean, generally speaking, I feel like the movie was lampshading it a little bit by by putting most of those lines into specifically the mouth of its buffoonist character, <laughs> who then looks at a picture of his dog after Boya gets out of the car and breaks up in tears again. But in a comedy way to let you know that yeah, it is for as much as the guy, the lines this guy said were more or less correct and true, he is still a
0: wimp for saying them. I mean, at least it was something dialogue-wise yes. that was interesting that's and it was an interaction. Yeah, and I'm I look, I am giving it as much kudos as I can. We're trying here because it is the only thing in this that I was like, "Hey, you said a thing that was interesting," and for the rest of this film, they will not. Yeah, yeah, that's oh man is this
1: ever boring (laughs) but anyway he faked his own death before he put himself in the bag so he digs a grave up and gets his shit from the bag
0: yeah he got he has a big like trunk thing that he opens up and it's got like a scrapbook because if you're a vampire you of course want to have a big book of proof that you're a vampire Uh
1: uh-huh he's also got a bunch of late 60s money uh canada money which he will spend throughout the the uh, the movie, and people will occasionally side eye the money to be like, huh, that's old money. What's going on? The queen looks different on this money. What's going on?" But they'll never turn him down for it or anything. I mean,
0: it's, it's legal just, tender. It's legal
1: tender. But you think someone would be like, "Oh, this is a collectible. This is from the '60s. What? Why are you still? Ha- Why would you spend this?" <laughs> um, but instead, they just kind of look at it like weird money. Mm. Okay,
0: crumpled dollar. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. So he gets his shit, and then he stumped. He's we. Boya, to set the scene here, is one of those tortured vampires who no longer wants to drink the blood of innocents and humans. He is resorting to drinking animal blood to stay alive. Yeah. Um, And so he is currently on the hunt for a grocery store that sells fresh liver so he can squeeze blood from it, but instead goes into the all-night coffee and donut shop, where, boy, oh, boy, do we have a rich cast of characters here to learn about. All four of them. Uh, Maybe five.
0: I should also mention... That the the choice for what Boya looks like was wild to me. Yeah. Because they're like, all right, he just woke up after being in a sleeping bag for 25 years. Obviously, like, he's got long-ass fingernails and nowhere near as long as they would be if they were actually growing Mm -hmm. at a normal rate. Well, they aren't growing
1: at a normal rate. They're growing at a normal vampire rate.
0: Yeah, He's all, you know in like a shitty suit that's all Mm rumpled and he's fucked up and I get it. He looks like a Faramir starred in Benny and June. But he has, it's specifically his hair. Yes. Where I'm like, you basically took a guy with long hair and then put a long hair wig on top of it and not to like hide the hair underneath it. You just gently placed a wig on top of a man's hair. Bonus hair. He is just wide of hair. Yeah. (laughs) So... Every time I see him and he's just walking around, I'm like, God damn, you've got a full ass giant dome going on. Were
1: you also expecting that this movie was at least going to include a makeover scene?
0: Yes. Where now, someone, yeah, There is a point where we see a lady who is like, oh, I've been bitten and yeah. she works as a hairstylist. Yeah, And that is why I thought oh, you've given him the world's stupidest looking hair because you are going to include this hairstylist character and she will give him a haircut and then he'll be a sexy vampire. But no, they will continue with the giant fucking dome of hair for this entire movie yeah. for no reason.
1: He looks like the love child of, I, I, I don't even know how to go with Faramir and Phil Spector. <laughs> like, it's just so big and wide. It doesn't make any sense. He really needed a haircut. And, yeah, you keep expecting him to get, like, the glow up. You know, the, ah, I see I'm in the 90s. Time for me to put on my 90s. And then he shows up in, like, Zubas, and someone gives him a big thumbs down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I they're walking out of there in, like, like a ray of pants and, and uh, just a white denim vest with no shirt on underneath it and yellow sunglasses. And everyone's like,
0: mm-mm. Yeah, but that would be if this was a horror comedy. Yes. Instead, it's just sort of a... Nothing. Dour vampire-themed movie. Yeah and still that is what i would want to yeah. want
1: to, to get the uh, the the scene change uh, the montage of clothing change with all these shitty characters just thumbs downing all the 90s outfits
0: then <laughs> he just comes out again giant hair shitty rumpled suit
1: yeah yeah you look like johnny depp back when we all didn't completely hate him
0: <laughs> uh so yes this all night donut shop which will be one of three locations in this movie mm-hmm uh is mostly it matters because our boy Earl hangs out there uh-huh and he has a kind of friendship with the main waitress there Molly who is our main vampire love interest
1: yeah yeah man she's the role that if this movie had been made in 1995 in the states would have been played by Janine Garofalo <laughs> Uh, because she is grumpy and mad at everyone, and you never quite get a reason why. And at a certain point, when the movie requires her to be, much like in, say, I don't know, the truth about cats and dogs or whatever, she just stops. She's uh, just happy now.
0: Yeah. This is just like, ah, oh, I'm a surly waitress, and I, I work all night at a diner, and I'm just slinging donuts, and I've got sass. And then she meets a vampire and is like, oh, no, I like a vampire now. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just friendly now. <laughs>
1: Oh, look at this stinky guy with broken-ass fingernails and a rumpled suit and Edna Mode but red hair. I'm I'm into it. I'm way into it. This is definitely what I want. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to assume you're from the band Extreme. Am I correct in that? <laughs> That's why I'm into you immediately.
0: Ugh. The other thing that happens is, of course, you know, when Boya shows up to this donut place asking where he can get some liver. hmm Molly just sort of bullies him into getting a donut. And it's like, nah, there's, there's maybe a grocery store a ways away. Anyway, you have to buy a donut now.
1: Yeah, you have to buy a donut for asking questions. And so he's like, a what? A donut? And, and he's
0: fucking fully aware of what a donut is. He's I'm just, like, dude, you have lived for so long. Donuts were around in like, like the 60s. What the fuck? Yeah, why, why are you doing this? And, you know,
1: he's like, oh. And she's like, no, a donut. We have all these flavors. And then she does the comical listing of the donut flavors where apparently they just sell every kind of fruit you've ever heard of in a donut at this particular. So she's like we have apple and banana and cherry and d- and uh, whatever don- fruit starts with D and 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 E <laughs> fruit and F fruit, which I think is just fruit. And, and, <laughs> and, and eventually when she finally gets around to kiwi, he stops her and he's like Oh, kiwi? Kiwi. Yeah. Like New Zealand? Kiwi? I, I remember kiwi. <laughs> okay. I'll have a kiwi donut. And you think to yourself, oh, that's got to have some kind of, like, significance. That's going to be something. Why kiwi? W- what are we doing here? Because kiwi would be a terrible donut goo in- interior. It's too mild. It needs something else. Yeah. Um.
0: I mean, at that point, it would just sort of be, ah, sugar goo.
1: Yes. But he gets his kiwi donut, and it is never brought up again. The reason well, it was kiwi was... Because it would be weird. It would be weird.
0: And... It's weird business. Yep. And he never, you know, touches it. He's a vampire. It's not yeah. like he's going to eat the donut. It yeah. just sits there on his plate. When Earl comes in, uh, oh wait, first actually, bad our guys. other two main characters, uh, the bad guys, Pierce and Axel, are a couple of like mafia guys ish, like Canadian mafia. These two mugs is what they is. Yeah, they are the the smart one and the flunky. Yeah, and they're here to see their boy Earl, and you tell him when he shows up that we're. At this hotel and we'll see him there at ten. Okay. Yeah.
1: Pierce looks enough like Michael McKean that you can spend the most of the movie being like, hey, is that Michael McKean? Hey, wait a minute. I think he's Canadian even. Is, is that oh no, it's it's not. It's, no, it's just some guy. It's just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks exactly like Michael or for uh, enough like Michael McKean. From the right angle. At night in an alley. You'd <laughs> be like, whoa, it's a night alley, Michael McKean. The rarest kind. Ooh, nice. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then, yeah, or she also Molly, then the second they show up and are like, hey, we want to know where Earl is. She just grabs a baseball bat and is like, I'm going to fuck you up. Like,
1: what is going on here? Yeah, I guess she knows they're local thugs, but they're local toughs.
0: If you are the kind of person that's like, oh, I work at a donut shop and it's all night. And I know one of the people who essentially works for local, like, crime toughs comes here all the time and they're like hey tell the other guy that works for us to meet us why are you getting out a baseball bat what do you think you are going to accomplish here
1: yeah i think she just genuinely didn't want to talk but she wasn't within arm's reach of her like don't talk to me until i've ever mug so
0: (laughs) it's just again a wild bit of business where you're like yeah we need to establish that this character is tough and don't take no crap from nobody Anyway, that doesn't matter, and will never happen, to any and ever ever again.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it does. There's a part where they come in again, and they're angry, and she pulls a knife. Yeah, and she and he, one of them, uh, Pierce, is just like, "Oh, that's a good one. I used to use those to clean my nails." And that's the end of that. So we establish that she has no tolerance for local criminals, except for <laughs> Earl, who is more like a, a, a local hap uh, patsy, a, a hapless put upon. Yeah, he's a forced getaway driver by these guys,
0: and they're sort of like body delivery driver i assume because they don't get paid enough doing crime to have a car because it seems like every time they do anything they're like yeah and we need your car and or, or your trunk for a thing and i'm like dude get a car get a car what are you Put doing buy a car why you every single dealing you have had with this person it has been pulling teeth to try and get him to do anything yeah Get a car. And also, he constantly gets away and
1: fails. Like, you're already in a position where you're constantly threatening to kill him. Like, just get a different... G-
0: get another mook. Yeah. Or find a different cabbie. Yeah. I And that's the thing, is I kept expecting them to go like, oh, we have something on him. Like, there's a reason mm-hmm. he is our patsy, is because, like, he has gambling debts. You know, we're protecting his sister. We're Whatever it happens to be. There's Nothing. some reason. Yeah. We
1: established that he... Does feel indebted to them, but only because they're like thumb breakers. We never get an establishment of what the fuck he did. To the, I assume it has something to do with men walking on the moon and ruining its purity in <laughs> essence.
0: It's like there's a small bit of business where he's like, oh, hey, Boya, what do you do for, you know, work? And he's like, oh, you know, I get by. And he's like, yeah, exactly. You know, people don't get it, but I'm the same way. And I'm like, OK, you're so ca- I guess you, you're a cab driver. You got. Yeah, but I was like, oh, you got mixed up with these bad guys because you're like, that's going to be extra money. Right. But now it seems like you just don't give a shit and they never pay you for anything. Yeah,
1: no, it's like he owes them a favor. Like he's in deep to the mob for something, but we're never going to know what. No. I guess it just doesn't matter.
0: No, none of the things that might be interesting information will ever be explored.
1: Yeah. So uh, Earl comes in, but basically uh, he's told to go meet the two the two thugs. He does. And they're like, great, perfect. We need you for a job. Drive us to this location. Yeah. And he does. And they're like, great, we're going to go inside and collect some rent. So you got to stay right here. Got it. And there's a bit about how he doesn't want to park in front of a hydrant. And they're like, we don't fucking care. And I'm like, you should. Like, what what if a cop comes along? What's better? Car pulled in front of hydrant for no reason or car not pulled in front of it. There's endless parking spaces in either direction.
0: Yeah, that is the middle of the night. It's not like he can't pull forward 10 feet. Yeah. And it is also wild to me that they're like, here's a dude who is clearly flighty and does not want to be here. And they're like, hey, there's two of us. We're both going to leave the cab and go in and collect rent. And the second they go in there, he hears a gunshot and he's like, oh, I, I should get out of here. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll tell him that a cop showed up, and then I had to circle the block, and then I, I wanted to keep a low profile, but then uh, I assumed they had left, and so I left, and, and that's what I'll do. Oh. Instead, what happens is he
1: pulls 10 feet forward, chickens out, and stops, and then this movie's Renfield equivalent gets into the back of his ca- car and tells him where to go.
0: I mean, technically, Earl is the Renfield of this. I
1: guess. That's fair. I mean... I'm I'm going with uh a, a the the distaff Renfield version because she's half bitten and wants to be wants the rest of the way where Earl does not want to be a vampire and does not feel enthralled to this guy where she kind of does
0: yeah she, I don't remember her well, name well she's Rita is Rita. his boy is essentially 25 year ago girlfriend yes and. She wants to go to the same cemetery that Boya went to Mm -hmm. uh, because she's going to figure out, oh, you know, is he actually back? Because at this point, she has not seen him, but she has felt his presence because she got bit by him. So I guess she just has vampire sense now. Yeah. When she goes to the grave that he dug up, uh, he broke the shovel he was using. So she takes the broken end that's just the handle and a sharp bit of wood and takes that. You're like, oh, okay, she's got a stake. Great.
1: Yep. So, she gets in the car and demands a ride to the uh the cemetery and then to a building that looks abandoned. I believe it's cuz it's the old haunt of this guy. Um uh and basically the whole time Earl's trying to talk her out of going places cuz she's like, "Hey, you're you, you know, you're a you, you're, you're a little a, a little lady and 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 this place looks ab- abandoned. You you might get hurt." And and you know, except worse. Yeah um I, I it's really hard to do a... it's
0: why i'm not even trying yeah i'm not just no it's bad
1: yeah the, it's... to the point where you have to pause the movie a few times throughout because you're just like jesus christ with a walking impression
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh now once boya of course uh, like sees Earl get roughed up by Pierce and Axel at one point because you know c- they find
1: him again after yeah. he he snuck he didn't sneak away but someone got in his cab and he couldn't exactly do anything he took Rita
0: thing. off to the fucking cemetery yeah and when he comes back to the donut shop they are waiting for him and yeah. they're like hey we're gonna fuck your shit up
1: he should have been like you know I feel like a cab is a terrible idea as a getaway car because people see a cab and they get in it
0: yeah it it's wild because he starts trying to explain the whole like. Oh well, you see, a cop showed up, and I was, go- and he does the whole thing that he had practiced before. Yeah. But I was like, oh, if he had just gone, yeah, a lady got into my car because I'm a cab, you morons.
1: Yeah, you should just get another mooc and just get a fucking Nissan. Buy a car. Just get a Nissan Maxima and just park it where you need it. Jesus. Get a, get a third guy. Have fucking Cronenberg go with you on these dumbass missions.
0: <laughs> it's. It's weird because Cronenberg is the crime boss yes. in this, but like, we only see three crime gu- guys. It's him, Axel, and Pierce, and he talks about like, oh, there are other up and comers that might want your position, Pierce. Any of them so drive? you need to you need to be wary of your position. And I'm like, take one of them. Yeah, get give these guys one more dude. Yeah,
1: yeah, just just split the the, the money a little more and put a guy with these guys. Preferably one who has a Sentra or something, you know. Just not. not I'm not asking for much.
0: <laughs> uh, he could just have like big a, enough to put a body well, in the back. He could have an
1: Aerostar. He's bo- borrowing from his mom. It doesn't matter. Just not a cab. Ugh.
0: anyway Boya shows up to save uh earl from the bad guys he like slices axel's neck a bit with his thumbnail and which is his
1: go-to move
0: yeah yeah i kept trying to see if he actually keeps the long thumbnail at all times or only when he goes like vampire mode
1: Oh Right, because he does. He straight up does the Buffy vampire mode thing.
0: Yeah, he has a, oh, when I turn into a vampire, my face gets kind of like brow ridge and wrinkly, and I turn into a spooky vampire. And they put a
1: bunch of pancake makeup on me all of a sudden, so I'm much paler for, yeah. a little, for a short bit.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's 95. It's definitely enough time to be like, yeah, we'll do the Buffy thing. We'll do the Buffy thing, but
1: also, the really quickly, let's get the Pulp Fiction thing in there, too. And, you know, as for the plot, don't worry about it. Just vampire stuff. Regular vampire stuff. <laughs> uh, Solid workmanlike vampire stuff. No twists.
0: Nope. He invites Earl to stay at his place because Earl's like, oh, they're probably going to like trash my room or whatever. When yeah. I go home, I'll find it all fucked up. And he's like, well, I have a shitty hotel room that I've got. If you want to sleep on my floor, you can do that. And I'm like, man if this had turned into a gay vampire thing, I'd at least be like, well, there's something there's (laughs) anything at all, but no, he's just like, Hey man, you can sleep on my floor. Why? I don't know.
1: I don't know. So you don't have to go home. I mean, ultimately he's like, by now they have probably trashed my place. And I'm like, yeah, or they're sitting in your house waiting for you to come in. And as soon as you open the door, they shoot you. I feel like that's probably the more relevant concern.
0: Yeah. And it, like, I know this is supposed to be a, Oh, boy, is he's a good vampire. Like, he's, he's nice to people, and he's trying to help out. But I kept going like, dude, why do you care? You're yeah. trying to be a like modern-day vampire. You don't have any income. There's no money that you've got. What do you think you're going to do? He has tons of money. Like, he's paying in large bills when he buys
1: that donut and shit. So... Uh, he has tons of uh, of holdout cash from a big bug out bag that he buried in his own grave 25 years ago. So the the, the uh, reason that he's staying in a shitty flea bag motel makes sense up to a point because he's only eating rats. So staying in a rat infested motel makes perfect sense. But as for this guy, he could have been like, "Let me just put you up in a in a hotel room, you know, not mine, so I don't accidentally vamp out in the middle of the night and eat you." Yeah, let me just put you in a a reasonable whatever they got for hotels in Canada, a Motel Five. <laughs>
0: You know, whatever they got. The Super
1: there. seven. Whatever whatever the slightly worse version
0: is. <laughs> you can you can go there. Uh but it it also god, as soon as he gets Earl back to his place, he has had enough interactions now with Molly that Molly the Donut Lady has had a couple times where she's like, Ooh, from what I can see of your face behind that giant mop you've got going on there, you're definitely probably good looking. Mm-hmm. And then we have a wild scene where Boya takes a bath mm-hmm. and has mind sex with Molly. Yes,
1: so if you want to watch this dude naked in a tub writhing around while she, thankfully clad fully in, in nightgown and shirt and everything, just sort of writhes around in a bed, and it takes a good two minutes of this before you go, oh, it's mind sex. Because at first you're just like, is he trying to invade her mind? Are we doing a mind control thing? Not, not well, they're, only, just they're just mind fucking. They're just mind fucking. Not only mind fucking, <laughs> mind if I fuck through, <laughs> mind goblin, <laughs> um, not only the movie has this, this big old mind sex scene that goes nowhere. They are not in a relationship from this point forward. Uh, they never do anything like this again. It's never brought up again. There's never a point where she goes last night. I had the craziest dream. There is nothing. They just do it because vampires
0: do shit like this. They, there is one point in the coffee shop where Boy is like, "Ooh, what is what does your mind say to your soul or whatever?" Doing like the world's worst knock knock joke, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, well, I couldn't tell you what my mind says to my soul because that would blow you away." And I'm like, "Is that a reference to the to the mind?"
1: sex thing traveling so hard to give this movie credit
0: well because it was like the next scene some
1: motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill to quote a vampire movie
0: to quote a good vampire movie (laughs) it's just i kept searching for something to hang my hat on to be like give me anything anything at all that's interesting but no
1: no. A dude that looks like Carl Urban but with young Einstein hair wanders around fucking Toronto doing nothing and then the credits
0: roll. God damn it. So because I guess Axel and Pierce have fucked up, they need to go to David Cronenberg.
1: It's David Wenham, not Carl Urban. I just 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 getting that clear for everybody. Great. Because he looks like Faramir, not not Aomer. Great. Okay. Thanks. Uh huh. <laughs>
0: everyone needed to know.
1: Well, if I didn't say that, someone would have told me.
0: Well, I mean they wouldn't. You could have meant Carl Urban.
1: I didn't because I already mentioned he looks like Faramir at least once. That's continuity, which is the thing that I wish this movie did.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pierce and Axel go to David Cronenberg. He doesn't have a name. He's just the crime boss. So they yeah, go to yeah. Cronenberg yeah. and they're like, "Hey, we got stuff is happening." He's like, "Well, you need to take care of Axel and Here's going to be this movie's attempt at some fucking uh, Tarantino esque uh, dialogue because I'm going to talk about, shoes. you know, why they make you wear bowling shoes. And, you know, Axel goes, Oh, so you don't, you know, f- make a mess? And he's like, No, so you don't leave a mark. I'm like, That's the same fucking thing. What are you talking about? Yeah, he just was, t- he
1: basically got the answer right. And and uh, fucking Cronenberg was like, I'm just going to barrel through. I have no time to stop and reevaluate or come at this from another angle. Shit, he's broken my fucking long-ass metaphor.
0: Let's just pretend he didn't. Okay, so like, let me see your shoe. And he rubs it on the table. And he's like, and now I'll show you my shoe. And he rubs his shoe on the table. And Axel's shoe leaves dirt behind. But his shoe, he rubs hard enough on the table to scratch it. Mm-hmm. And he's like... That's the difference. You left a little smudge with your shoes, but my shoes left a mark. And if you want to leave your mark, then you've got to do the best you can to not smudge your environment. And you're like, dude, if you're going to do a Tarantino dialogue, at least have it written out. This whole movie feels like everyone was trying their best to figure out what a good dialogue would be.
1: Just do Tarantino dialogue, Cronenberg. And he was like, God damn it. Why did I say yes to this? (laughs) i, I like, uh, because, yeah I'm a he's, real director. What am I doing yeah, here? Because he's doing this extended metaphor about shoes and leaving marks, right? Because they're in a bowling alley so you can do this whole like, uh, but, you know, his, this dude's shoe does leave crap on the table. So it's like, yeah, my shoe also left a mark. No, that's a smudge. That's a different thing. And he's like, yeah, but from the function of the metaphor, they both left a mark on the table, didn't they? You just are disapproving of one variety of mark.
0: You're just deciding which one counts as a mark. I could say, hey, mine left a mark. Yours left a gouge.
1: Yeah, and so also, fuck you. I mean, his didn't leave a scrape on the, scratch the table. He has those kind of black rubber boot soles where you can use them to draw. I don't know if you've ever had a pair of dress shoes that do that, where you accidentally misstep on your kitchen floor and leave a giant black swoop and you got to go clean it up now. I fucking hate those shoes. Huh? They're, they're cheap shit that fall apart because you can use them to draw. They are made of rubbered chalk. Ah. And so I, I wanted to be like, yeah, but I don't want my shoes to do that because then I just get shit all over my kitchen floor. I got tile.
0: Uh, but so- y- yeah,
1: this is the one of two times where they make Cronenberg do Tarantino shit. And then the other one, the Tarantino shit is, you know, using some language.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just sort of bullies them into being like, well, you need to take care of the Earl situation. And I guess that means do nothing. Beat him up. I think was all it was. Cause it's like, what the fuck is the Earl situation? He doesn't
1: know anything about opera- uh, your operation. He really wants to be left alone. Just get someone
0: else. You yeah. solved the Earl situation. It's, it's wild because the next time they go do anything, instead of it being like, oh, we're going to go beat him up like we tried to do when he left the scene last time. It's instead them going to him when he's like cleaning out his car at a gas station and being like, hey, buddy, we need to use your trunk for a guy. Don't worry. He's all wrapped up. He won't leak. And he's just like, no, I'm friends with a vampire. Bye. And yeah. just drives away. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Dude. Come on, man. Find someone else. Just this guy some- clearly does not
1: want any of your business. There's only seven people in Toronto. That's the problem. <laughs> He's one of five cars that exist. Yeah. Yeah. No one else has a car. <sighs> uh, I own the only car I- in Canada. God damn it. It's very expensive.
0: <laughs> very expensive, Douglas. <sighs> yeah. The the plot sucks. God, I keep trying to think of like the order of things because everything is just the same shit happens over and over again, yeah. and it doesn't matter.
1: Eventually, uh, what's it, Rita manages to figure out where he is, and when she goes up to try and talk to him, she runs into uh, Molly on the street, and basically is like, "Hey, can you? Do you know where this person?" I- and Molly's like, "I don't know. I don't want to know. Leave me alone." And she's like, "Look at this picture. Oh, this well. is me twenty five years ago. I used to be beautiful."
0: First she stakes him
1: that's, oh that's going to do the stake scene she, she fucking worst thing in this finds boya just like doing around a cemetery or- in a
0: cemetery yeah and she's like why didn't you turn me and he's like i would never turn anyone this is a curse you have to know being alive forever sucks and i i and you have to like drink blood i would never do that to you and she's like fuck you i was hot and i wanted to stay hot forever and then he's like whatever bye Turns around, and she stabs him through the back, through the chest, uh, right through the heart, with the big, like, shovel handle thing. And he kind of just goes,
1: ouch, and then pulls it out through the front, and with the only attempt he gets at a badass line in the movie, he goes, don't believe everything you read. <laughs> and then he throws the stake on the ground and continues to walk away, and I'm like, oh, so we're doing that? That's This is that? You uh, you definitely do need to hit every possible vampire trope. That's true. And the one where we, where people angrily explain as if everyone watching the movie is a fucking idiot, which vampire tropes are real and which are not, yeah. is a very important one. Yeah, you have to know what works. Yeah, cause it's always the same. The only difference is since this movie is not a vampire hunting movie, we get the vampire doing it. So he can do the flippant one, the, you know, uh, I've oh, that's en- not a thing. I've always enjoyed crosses, personally. That mm, kind of stuff. I
0: love garlic in my food.
1: Exactly. Um, the If it's a hunter, then it's always, okay, crosses are bullshit. Crossing running water is real. That one's true. Garlic works, but only if you convert it into a liquid. Stupid. You're like, so y- there's only two ways to do it. And I've always said that if you want to make a vampire movie now, you should just put it in the fucking opening Star Wars text crawl. <laughs> it should just be a bullet list of shit. That Somehow
0: from- Dracula returns. Yeah,
1: just that. And then it's like just bullet points. Like... The first bullet point and then the sub. The first bullet point is things that do work that you remember about vampires. And then a bunch of sub bullets. Things that don't work that you remember about vampires. And then a bunch more like this one does not going to be forced to request invitations to go into buildings. Uh, uh, but he will vanish forever if you bury him at a crossroads with a lemon
0: in his mouth. Like <laughs> weird choice. Yeah. But it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we established that. Rita was the girl that he was seeing in 69 and then she got bit by him, but he was like, oh, I realize I'm turning you. And then I somehow he decides that's the moment where he gives up on biting humans. Cause Mm -hmm. he's like, we hear later in the film that he's like, oh yeah, I used to fucking eat people. Like that was, I was a shitty ass vampire that used to be, you know a murderer but for some reason people walking on the moon he was like nope i've fully given it up now now it's 25 years later and i woke up and was like no longer doing that that's not what i want people walked on the moon no more people for me yeah i don't know we
1: we i we don't get anything from it it's just a useful inciting incident that occurred 25 years before
0: 1995 uh and he <laughs> or
1: 1994 when they filmed this whatever
0: uh, he ends up, you know, walking away from the whole staking thing. And then she also sees Molly because before she stakes him, she sees him walking her home and he oh, gives yeah. her a kiss. Right. So, so then later like, oh, then she confronts girl. her yeah. and is like, Hey, he's never gonna actually give you what you want. Did he promise you something? Look, I used to be beautiful. And it's a picture of her 25 years ago yeah. with him. And he looks the same because he's a vampire.
1: Yeah which more or less helps her figure it out, but she doesn't want to talk to this lady because this lady's pretty insistent and crazy. Yeah. And then she just goes up into the building where she confronts him, and she's like, you know, again, how come you didn't turn me? I could have been
0: something, and he's like, I was the fucking, like, winter queen two years in a row, and everyone was proposing to me. I was fucking hot and sexy and, I had the world in front of me and you took that away. The
1: closest we get to any kind of moral statement here is the part where she says, I used to have value. I used to be worth something. And he's like, you still have value. You're still worth something. And she's like, whatever. And he goes, it doesn't matter. No matter what you argue, I am not going to turn you. And so she tries to shoot herself and instead just gets grazed across the top of her head when he stops her.
0: Yeah, he just leaps and knocks the gun and she just sort of grazes her own head. Yes. And then I guess
1: he leaves he's just like well, fine stay in my hotel room or whatever who gives a shit
0: we get before that as well the scene where earl figures out that he's a vampire because after he gets staked he like eats a bunch of pigeons so when earl shows up he's like oh you got there was a bat in the room and also you got stabbed and also there's blood-drained animals and yeah all right well i figured it out you're a vampire and he's like yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you want? And he goes, "Oh, good g- gosh! Are you gonna eat
1: me?" And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> you, but the, watching fucking Earl rationalize his way through "I'm friends with a vampire," I guess, is painful. Ugh! It's a monologue delivered by a guy doing a bad walking impression. So just you know, imagine that.
0: It's the worst. I will say though, the couple scenes where they put the guy who's playing Boya in a bathtub is great because then his hair's wet and it's not just this giant jutting area around him yeah that's used plus he's pretty good looking yeah once you actually that's why i kept imagining he would get the haircut i'm like no when you you know take the hair back away and put it down and don't put him in a frumpy ass suit like he's a decent looking guy yeah oh he's cut good looking dude he's he's a fine gentleman yeah
1: but uh but we aren't gonna do that we're gonna keep him in the one outfit so that people can tell who he is i don't know how you wouldn't be able to tell based on that fucking haircut but you know yeah. not Because, you know, here in the United States, we'd be like, oh, uh, Carrot Top got his hair straightened. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in Canada, they don't have that problem. No, they don't have the Carrot Top problem. Yeah, they haven't got a Carrot Top problem. They have their own problems. I mean, no, don't... Vegas permanently has
0: a Carrot Top problem.
1: Yeah, it's got a Carrot Top infestation. <laughs>
0: Someone's got to get in there.
1: <laughs> got to get in there and spray down the Luxor. You got Carrot Tops.
0: <laughs> ah, you got Carrot Tops. That's going to cost you. <laughs>
1: You hate to see it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. This whole performance area, lousy with carrot time.
1: Oh Dude, he's been here long enough to really get established and start getting himself all jacked for some reason.
0: <laughs> oh, you got a weird nest of shitty props in Man. here. This once, is bad. Once they get yoked, they get real hard to budge. <laughs> he's dug in there. <laughs> <laughs> like a tick. like dug like in there like a Celine Dion. You're dumb. never getting him out of this residency. Big muscular tick. <laughs> anyway. Uh, like Rita fucks off, uh, Boya fucks off, like everyone just sort of fucks off at this point.
1: Yeah, because we have the point where Earl and, or not Earl, but uh, uh, Pearson and a- a- Axel show up at the hotel because they've kind of tracked down where Earl is, but they're all gone together at the moment, so when they walk in, they're like, we want to look, we want to find this guy and the surly owner of the motel, who is a non well, We want to
0: find a guy, and he's like, yeah, that's a few houses down.
1: No, not not for that. Not for th- we want to find this guy. I'm not talking about none of my clientele. And then it turns out that Rita is just sitting on the floor in the lobby in this room just with a gun from her head, head. <laughs> and she just goes, "Hello." And I guess Hello. that Hello. I guess that's my setup. I'm going to be the person who tells you where to find them, even though uh, what, she has never where. met Earl and has no idea who that is. She has met Earl because she was the one who she was the one being driven oh, around yeah. by him. But, but I mean, there's no they connection. Didn't, they
0: didn't talk at all. Yeah, they had. A ride. I would not ever be able to point out a cabby that I had ridden around with in like a week later. Someone went, I'm looking for this guy. And they gave a name. I would not go, oh, I was in that gentleman's cab a week before. Let me, uh, let me pitch this to you. What if they had a
1: cartoonishly deep voice and they wanted to let you know that their deep voice alone will make women come. Would you remember that
0: particular <laughs> lift driver? I wouldn't know his name! If, were, if you were like, hey, this guy, and just said a name, I'd go, yeah, some guy.
1: Because <laughs> that happened to us. Well, that's a, that's a that's a System Mastery story once that we had to deal with. So, I don't know why Lyft drivers always feel like they can just tell you their dumb shit. Oh,
0: well, the the mistake is telling any lift driver you that do. you do a podcast, yeah, and then mistake. they're like, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, everyone of has. Of course you
1: have, yeah. And you know what it takes to do one? You shut the fuck up, and you go buy a microphone, and you do it. It takes, like, a day.
0: Yeah, you don't actually want to. You like the idea of doing We're one.
1: not doing this because we're qualified. We're doing this because you don't have to be.
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the Axel Pierce and Cronenberg decide to go up to the room, and they fucking beat the shit out of Earl until Boya shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a vampire I got spooky vampire face yeah
1: and there's a part where he's like Earl get up it's safe now and he stands up and Cronenberg Cronenberg just goes sit down Earl and shoots him in the foot and that's enough to piss off Boya into full vampire
0: mode where he kills Cronenberg and how does he kill Cronenberg by lightly cutting his temple and licking it Mm -hmm. this is enough to kill the Cronenberg yes this kills the Cronenberg (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, he he just runs his thumb along his temple. A trickle of blood happens, and he doesn't even, like, bite into him. He just kind of licks the blood off of the wound, yeah. and then Cronenberg crumples to the ground. I was kind of
1: hoping it would work that, like, he sucked enough blood out of Cronenberg's just head that he, that he broke his brain, and that's why he died. He was just like, I just pulled all the blood out of your brain. doesn't even matter if you still have more blood. Your brain died a second or two ago. Yeah. But it's just nothing. Cronenberg no. just dies because he's done being in the movie. And we skipped his other scene where he says the the R slur a yeah. uh, fifty times because, you know, Tarantino. Yeah. They had a director in that one movie, and he kept saying the N-word. So <laughs>
0: Uh then Axel fucking shoots a shotgun blast through boya's chest which doesn't doesn't even send him
1: flying back he just stands there through it he's
0: just like you can't kill what's already dead Mm. i'm a vampire
1: i feel like i could at least push it over a little bit
0: yeah i think you know some sort of inertia maybe yeah Eh.
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's sad it's just because the movies need to be over now so so yeah he's just like you can't kill what's already dead and then the two of them kind of just leave and then They they just go
0: uh, during this scuffle, Earl fell off the fireside he balcony. Got, he
1: got sco- uh, spooked because he saw Boya turn full vampire and yeah. kill Cronenberg. And he's like, "Oh gosh, you know, I was okay with living with like a vampire in like a like a fun, funny roommate capacity. But I was I was thinking more like a like, you know an old sitcom like Three's Company or something, but with vampire. My roommate's a Dracula. <laughs> I you know I had already pitched it to Canadian television." <laughs> And they had already said, sure, but Nickelback has to do the opening. So I passed. Um, And but then he you know, he goes, he goes, oh, the vampire. And then he just falls off the balcony, falls 50 feet directly onto his back and lies still for two minutes before he goes, ow, and stands up and is fine.
0: Yeah. This, of course, however, will kill him
1: ish. Yeah, sort of it. it, it He they... gets up and gets in his cab to drive away, but he's dying.
0: Yeah. And Boya gets into the cab with him. They drive around. A, he's being all fucked up.
1: Yeah. It's a very weird form of dying because he falls out of the third story of a hotel, lawn, lands flat on his back on concrete, stands up and drives away, dies from his injuries, from no other injuries, just that one. Yep. And then is brought back to life via
0: res- via. Electric- Molly shows yeah. up and is like. Uh, doing shock paddle shit. Because Boya, du- apparently, is just like, well, I have no medical training. I know I keep talking about, during this movie, like, oh, I used to be an exterminator, or I worked for the circus, or yes. whatever. I never learned any medical training, though, in all of the you know hundreds of years I've been alive. Yeah. And as soon as uh, Earl dies, he's just like, well, he just stopped, he says to Molly, and she's yeah. like, get the fuck out of the way.
1: Get out of the way. We're going to wire a car battery up, and we're going to shock his nipples till he's awake again, because defibrillation brings dead people back to life and and regardless of how you die
0: enough electricity will bring you back this
1: guy did not die because his heart was not in v or, or in sync or whatever the fuck. he died because he
0: fell out of a building and not only is the like oh we'll defibrillate your life back into you ridiculous But they also decided in an entire movie where there were no special effects at all. Yeah. This had been outside of him, like, turning into the vampire face. And even then, that's like a turn away, turn back. Now my makeup's on. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to have special effects for this. And not the like, oh, you know, those after effect lightning bolt things. Mm -hmm. No. Instead, like, swirls of yellow and blue energy Mm -hmm. just sort of like like little puff balls start floating
1: around him they basically painted over a cell of, it, of the of the uh screen with him on it in either red and yellow or blue and yellow with a bunch of little zip or little lightning bolts that are fat and cartoonish uh and also don't move and then they just alternate between those two two images over the static frame to make it look like something's happening and it just looks it, it, You know, when you watch one of those like indie movies, like a Napoleon Dynamite or something, and the the intro credits are done in that faux cartoony style, it looks like that just drawn
0: directly onto the screen. It's like you can see the pencil marks. It's very bad. And the zapping his body also because he's lying on his car happens to jumpstart the car and it turns on, which is the kind of thing that I was like, if this had been a goofy horror comedy and they did that i would be like ah oh, yes just another gag mm-hmm. in the litany of gags instead they had done no jokes yeah. ever and the fact that they were like oh i zapped this guy and it turned his car on and then it started playing a funky song and you're like where did that come from that made no sense for what had been going on
1: by funky song john of course means something from the oldie station because well, that's yes. the only thing that's in this movie and often for far too long like I think they thought they were the most clever people in the world to have Boya waking up to Mister Sandman. Yeah, because not Enter Sandman. Don't get excited, Mister. You know Mister Sandman. Yeah, bring me a dream. You know that song. You know if you heard like all of it, because you know that, that you didn't get the point right away when they started and they were like, oh, because he's waking up from it from a long dream. I get it, Mister Sandman. Yeah, that's that's very. Cool. And they're just like, no, no, keep listening, keep listening. It gets oh, be- it's the whole song. It's a whole song. It gets better.
0: Oh yeah, I think that time they play uh Blue Moon. Yes. Uh, they play the same like something twilight whatever f- like four times in this movie. Yes, yeah.
1: So it's uh yeah, the the, the when the car comes kicking back to life, yeah, it's blah it's blah 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 da dang da dang dang that song is playing and you're like, Oh, yeah, okay. I bet that'll keep playing
0: until the movie's <laughs> over. And indeed it does. <laughs> uh now, Boya, of course, at this point is like great. We've we've saved him and that's wonderful. But oh, no, it, the sun's going to be coming up. The Here it comes. And they're like, oh, well, you can get into the trunk and I'll drive uh, Earl back to the donut shop and we'll all be friends and everything's great. And Earl,
1: when he wakes up, is like, I love you to, I think, Molly, Molly, which doesn't make any sense because that's not been established as anything in the movie. And there's a point when they're when she's driving him away and he's like hey, earlier when I said I, I love you. What I what I actually meant was and she's like, just just shut up. We don't care. No one cares. Just <laughs> shut
0: the fuck up. Shut, None just, of this shut matters.
1: Shut up. You think the fucking shit about how I have to fill out donut surveys matters? We don't have time for more shit.
0: And oh, they drive to the donut place and, and Molly goes to the back and has a blanket so she can like throw it over uh Boya to get him inside and oh he's not there. No, he stayed behind and he's he's just gonna die on the hood of the taxi. Yep, and put himself in the, the sun.
1: Yep. He puts himself in the sun and we get one last shot of him looking nothing like no particular opinion. Yeah. Maybe he's still really mad about the moon. We don't know. No idea. Yeah. And he's he'll never forgive Bulls Aldrin for walking on the most glorious face. He's like, you sons of bitches. You
0: got you got footprints on my favorite fucking face. (laughs) Uh, And then roll credits. And that's that's it. Except for a post credit scene where Rita shows up at the donut shop and just talks to the donut owner and is like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, I'm making donuts. Well, you're a pretty lady. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. There was no reason for this, and it didn't do anything.
1: Wow. I just I, I pieced out hard the moment the credits started, so I did not see that. Yeah. Sounds so I was like, like another
0: wet fart of
1: a post-credit scene. How much of this movie feels like it was just improv, right? A lot. Like, that sounds like it was. That was like, oh, well, we have this little bit that these two characters should never meet in the movie. What if they did? I think it'd go a little something like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I guess they'd, they'd
0: meet. Like, I guess it was supposed to be like a, oh, and Rita... Finds out that someone still thinks she's pretty, because that's the most important thing for anyone, is to still yeah. be pretty.
1: Yeah, someone still finds you pretty, and it's this donut shop owner who says that to everybody, because he's trying to maintain his customer base.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, yes, you're very pretty. Now, what kind of donut mm-hmm.
1: would you like? <laughs> because, again, we have apple and banana and cherry and dog fruit.
0: <laughs> odd <Hot> dog fruit. <laughs> my favorite. <sighs> but, yeah, there's, there's blood and donuts for you. Let's, uh, God, let's get into the bests and worsts, I suppose. Jeff, what was the best thing in Blood and Donuts for you? Oh, Jesus. Movie's got, like,
1: it's Cronenberg's d- weird line delivery. Great. That's fine. He was okay. It was nice to see. He's not in a lot of movies, so it's always nice to see him when he turns up as an actor instead of as a director. Yeah. Plus, he's in, like, he's in the, the new Star Trek, right? Isn't he one of the, He's like, in uh, Discovery. He's in Discovery. hmm Yeah. He's man in suit. Yeah, we're like they clearly were like, "Can we put you in Star Trek clothes?" And he was like, "No."
0: Yeah, he's like, "No, I'm David Cronenberg. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I I'm want to wear and a suit." Like, all right, sure. okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. all right, all right. We, al- <laughs> we
1: also tried to tell the main character of this show that she has to share the victory sometimes, and that got laughed out of the room. <laughs> so, uh, So yeah. What's your favorite thing?
0: God, I'm. I guess I'll go with the actual waking up of boya
1: yeah that's fine it's a slapstick moment where you're like oh i get it that looks pretty grimy and shitty as opposed to the usual romance of vampires yeah
0: i was like oh that's a good way to go like how do we establish our version of a vampire like oh it's not we're not doing a like this is a count royalty thing like he wakes up in a sleeping bag and is fucked up you're like great that's a good opener to a movie that goes nowhere
1: yeah what is the worst thing in this? I mean, it's the mind sex scene. <laughs> I mean, even though it's not poorly filmed and it's, you know, it. it oh, you it, don't you don't want a guy humping his bathtub. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's a guy humping his bathtub and a lady writhing around, but it's not set up. There's not a reason. There's no particular reason he's doing it.
0: No. And I mean, at this point, Molly and him have shared three words. Yes.
1: And they were mostly just like Kiwi. Yes. I remember Kiwi. Great. Here's yeah. a donut. All right. So that'll be 75 cents. Boy, we sure have a connection. I hope someone forcibly rapes me tonight via via telep- telepathy, I guess. Ugh. And then I'll never mention it, and you'll never mention it, and no one will ever mention it, and it'll be fine.
0: <laughs> and it doesn't matter, and here we go.
1: Yeah, so that's probably it. I mean, great. It's, anytime it's just a bargain basement vampire trope, yeah, but that's sure. the worst one. Awesome. Yeah, you?
0: Oh, I, it's Earl's choice of accent.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that's fair. I was hoping you'd go for the other one, which is, don't believe everything you read, which is like...
0: No, that's a fine... That is a fine tropey ass thing to say that's fair it's who very, gives a shit very vampire movie thing to say but like the guy who plays earl in this uh lewis ferreira i have seen in things and i'm like man what are you doing <laughs> why are you doing hey this? everyone's got
1: to start somewhere you know uh, i guess i've never seen him in anything that i remember uh he's been in
0: a bunch of like tv stuff that is genre thing so he was in stargate he was in breaking bad he's been in a lot of stuff Oh, okay but uh he was in he was an arrow like shit that i have watched uh okay all right sure but yeah this is definitely one of the ones where i'm like god damn dude what a choice
1: now i kind of want to see his 2004 movie chestnut hero of central park a dog (laughs) movie
0: oh a dog movie that that's pretty solid so there you go. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give uh, our ratings for the movie. We are each going to rate this movie from 0 to 5 to give it a full rating out of 10. Jeff?
1: <sighs> point 0.5, dude. This is almost not a movie. <laughs> like, there's, there's virtually no plot. Like, there's technically a crime plot happening and a vampire saves guy from stuff, but no one seems to care. hmm And it doesn't seem like it would matter if it did or didn't happen. Ah. So point 0.5 for me. This This fucking sucked. Yeah. I was very unhappy the entire time. What about you?
0: Uh I mean I'm definitely going much higher. Uh I'm it's, giving it a,
1: it's a...
0: 0.75. <laughs> it's definitely a four out of five. No. Uh I'm gonna give it a one and a half. One and a half is basically where I go when I'm like, oh, this movie is pointless. Like it wasn't technically terrible. Like it wasn't amazing, but I'm like, all right, you were fine, I guess the acting was not the worst it was just like it's almost the worst Eh, it wasn't offensively bad which is where i would go like at one and below
1: hell i feel bad for saying that my favorite part of this was cronenberg because it was offensively bad
0: (laughs) the i mean i the using the uh r word for being like ah you are stupid is like yeah, it's the mid nineties. I know. It's the I mid-90s. just figure it's gonna happen. It's just
1: that he uses it like fourteen times in a row. Yeah, it's not 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 a fan. Just just not a fan.
0: No, but I'm like, it was just, it was as bad as it gets for me. Without it being like exceptionally bad, right. this is bad in a way that I feel is absolutely mundane. Yeah. So far. a one point five fair. for me, which brings it to a two out of ten. Don't see this. It sucks. It's In- not good.
1: Instead, you should consider watching Chestnut, Hero of Central Park, <laughs> which which stars Abigail Breslin, Barry Bostwick and TV's Ethan Phillips. Ooh, yeah. Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick and Ethan Phillips, otherwise known as Neelix.
0: Ooh, yeah. Barry
1: Bostwick. <laughs> Ooh. The mayor of Spin
0: City and Neelix together at last. Finally, there you go. Thank you so much for joining us for our review of Blood and Donuts. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with another Movie Mastery. But if you like the show, if you want to support us. If you think we're sexy. And you want to give us some money, mm-hmm. you can head on over to patreon.com systemmastery and support us there. Any level that you support us will unlock some extra bonus content for you. We've got a bunch of different levels that you can do that at and a bunch of content for each of it. And all the way up at the $10 level where you unlock everything, we are still going through our TV mastery right now Mm -hmm. where we are doing the small screen superheroes. We have moved past the 70s and into the 80s now. The
1: dire, barren 80s of superhero television.
0: There is literally one. Uh live action comic book superhero adaptation in all of the eighties, and we watched it and it wasn't good. Yeah. We found it. We found it, and wildly we had never heard of it before. Yeah. Which is something given that we had heard of Human Target. Yeah. So, you know. Four seasons of this thing. Four seasons. Anyway, join us for Superboy over on TV Mastery Uh at the Patreon. And if you can't support us financially, we fully understand. If you still like the show, you can give us a rating or a review or just tell someone about the show mm-hmm. and help us grow. Yeah, just
1: carve our name into stone. <laughs>
0: That's right, mm-hmm. and tell everyone that we sold you shitty copper, That's right. so that yeah, hopefully
1: yeah. we'll be remembered. Yeah, yeah. Plus, we are still very sorry for selling you all shitty copper.
0: <laughs> it is a shame. We did do that Patreon drive where we were going to give out copper. I know, and, and then, then we, we just we, electroplated we, rocks. We just, we fucked up. I'm sorry. You know, we're, that's we're, our it's bad. It's a full
1: mea culpa on our part. We will not give a refund, though. <laughs> Mistakes were made, but ultimately, you know, it is a risk you you
0: Buyer inherit. beware, you're yeah. in for a scare. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that, that's what happens when you buy Kickstarter-grade copper it's your fault
0: yeah thank you so much for joining us we'll see you in another couple of weeks and until then you all have a good one